Untitled Storyboard Media Project, episode 50-something. Welcome to the Video Reformation Podcast. I'm Ben Oliver. He's Justin Plant. And I'm Justin Plant. Welcome to the Video Reformation Podcast. I'm Ben Oliver. I'm Justin Plant. We are the co-founders of Storyboard Media and your guides to practicing effective video for business. We're like the genie of the lamp to your Aladdin. You ain't never had a friend like me. It's probably been 30 years since I watched Aladdin, so I have oh, no I've idea seen how close recently, that was on. And several times. Yeah. Uh, so on this episode, we're going to be talking about how having a video strategy can save you money. Um, sponsored by Lil Dicky. Sponsored by Lil Dicky and his free, also by Morgan Spurlock and Palm <laughs> Wonderful's whatever that movie was that he made totally on product placement. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this may be one of our shorter episodes because it is over 80 degrees in this room right now. Uh, yeah. And we may just want to get out of here. So sorry for no ties on this episode. Nobody. Oh, yeah, we do have video. <laughs> That's what all these cameras are. <laughs> Those two <clears throat> big lights it's are so just to make there. it sound better. Um, okay, but before we jump into how having a video strategy can save you money, um, I'd like to thank our new sponsor for this episode. Um, we have a new sponsor. Uh, it's kind of a new, a new-ish startup. This episode is sponsored by Post-Pandemic Social School. So uh, we'll hear their full spot later on in the episode. Um, for now, why don't we go ahead and uh, jump right in? Justin, may I Jumping ask you a in. question? Please. How can a video strategy save you money? Do you just want me to read the eight things I got here? Verbatim would be great. And then <laughs> we can get out of here. <laughs> we'll throw some AI on it uh, in post, and that should pull it all out a little bit. Um, maybe we should start for our new listeners, mm -hmm. viewers, by very briefly defining what we mean by video strategy. Okay. Well, what do we mean by video strategy? Um, Taking a comprehensive approach to like how is video, how are you practicing video as opposed to just creating video assets? So it's it's about thinking like taking a step back from the cameras and the mics and the lights and everything and saying what is our purpose here with with using video, um, making sure that we understand that that buyer's journey, making sure we understand not just what videos we're going to make, but how we're going to use them and what expectations we have. So if anybody wants to know more about our approach to it, I recommend starting with the manifesto. Because mm -hmm. um, I feel like we haven't talked about the manifesto in a long time. Um, we haven't been in this room for a while. Well, that's true. Um, so, yeah. So when we're talking about strategy, we're not just talking about like what a production company would call pre-production planning. We're talking about actually the content strategy behind the video that you're going to make. Um, I think for people who are familiar with our story and how we became a strategy first, well, maybe that's not fair. For people who aren't familiar with our story mm -hmm. and how we became a strategy first video agency, uh, we started as just a straight up video production company, just the two of us. And... Um, once we kind of developed the relationships and the network to start getting business, we were being asked to make a blank video, an about us video, mm -hmm. a product video, an explainer video, whatever it was. And uh, we would then make that video. That's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. um, we do a good job. We'd be really proud of what we made. Our clients would be really happy with it. We check in with them 
three months, six months later, essentially to try and sell them the next video that mm-hmm. we were going to make for them. Um, and they maybe just put it up on YouTube a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. or, or hadn't published it, hadn't published all. it or didn't even know, uh, how to answer the question. Has it been working? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't know what they needed it to do in the first place. Um, Couldn't post it on Instagram because it was a minute thirty. Right. And so, so all of these, all of these things that that started frustrating us and led us on our journey to well, let's establish why it is we're making this video or these videos in the first place. What is it you're trying to accomplish? I think that still happens a lot. Not to us and our clients, fortunately, but I think there are a lot of people out there who are making video. Um, for their clients or companies who are bringing in producers, uh, even just a single videographer to make video where they're making um, the video they think they need, but not necessarily the video that they actually need that's going to move the needle. And so, I mean, I've kind of written that down here in the notes is don't make the wrong video. Mm -hmm. Um, Because whether you're paying, you know, somebody's nephew 2,500 bucks or you're paying a production company you know, $75,000. Um, if you don't have a clear understanding of, of how that video is supposed to move the needle for you, you could, you could be just throwing that money in a pit on the wrong video for something that, that you think you need based on some kind of anecdotal evidence or, 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 or not even fully thought through. You may have even been well-meaning and thought we need to, uh, we need to increase sales, so let's get something that and and just took a narrow approach to what the singular solution mm-hmm. to that was. Or a lot of times we'll hear like we'll uncover that they that a company really wants an about us video because their competitor has a really compelling about us video. Oh yes, exactly. Yep, and so that must be why they've got some share of market share. Yeah. over you. So I go back to that just being that fundamental reason of why we changed what we were. Because we didn't want to make even like creative and well-made videos that that it, there wasn't any like business impact on. Yeah, it just felt it just felt hollow. Like I don't. And when I think about us now, we're so focused on the impact and the strategy and the business angle of it and the business impact. Um, not to say that we aren't on the creative, because I think we do a lot of very creative work. Like to me. Uh, you know, if I had to choose, I- I'd rather make something scrappy that we can get out quickly that can, ha- you know, hit the low hanging fruit on, on deals that, that has a specific yeah. purpose that that is recognized as as doing something than something that's going to win like a Con Lion Award or mm-hmm. something like that because it was super creative yeah. or, or whatever. When you've got that purpose, it's a lot easier to make creative decisions. Absolutely. And, and otherwise you're kind of stuck with, well, should we do option A, B, C, Z, whatever? Like you're just, you don't Zed. know how, you don't know which direction to go. I like the Z there. I'd heard that recently. Have you been watching a lot of British television? I think it, nah, might've been TikTok something. Okay. Anything else on don't make the wrong video? I'm, I'm concerned that if we continue down that path, we'll end up, we'll end up answering all of the others. <laughs> Bleeding into some of the other um, ones. All right. Well, let's move on to, um, I don't know, number two on our list. Mm-hmm. Uh, get ahead of change orders or prevent the, the situation where you yes. need to keep accruing change order after change order. If you know that you're going to make 
next video and has this purpose and it's going to be used in these ways, you know that's your roadmap, right? Yep. You don't have to get to a point and be like, oh, we actually need extra deliverables because of this or that. And that ends up costing another 2500 Oh, we need a Spanish version. Oh, can we get one that doesn't have the CEO in it? Mm. It sounds like you're drawing from experience. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, we may or may not have a client, currently or formerly, that, that who, who I'm not going to name, because that's just the way we do it on this show, um, who came to us initially with something like a $3,500 ask to basically take a an employee-made onboarding video mm -hmm. and um, basically polish up the writing and put it to a VO mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. and some, some nicer screen screenshots, yeah. basically. Higher quality screen. So something that we were going to churn out quickly. And when we got to the uh, kickoff meeting with the client, the actual pro project owner was involved for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, long story short, about... Uh, Two weeks later, we had a sixteen thousand dollar we had a, we had change a 20, order twenty thousand dollar project. So it ballooned by you know six. And and all of these are, uh, I believe, discussing initial script options. And once we kind of got into what was supposed to be in the script, then the idea came out. Oh, maybe the CEO should present that part. And then all of a sudden, we need. We needed to have the CEO on camera. So if we're going to – and it was just this domino effect. It was, yes. Um, that ended up in in travel and a full-day shoot with a full crew and paid talent and flying the CEO in Wardrobe's to one of their – uh, you know, all of those kinds of things that, that I think what we're going to end up making in the end is fine, but – I mean, if I recall, because they thought the ask was so small at the beginning, they kind of, I mean, we're getting to the point where we're almost requiring a springboard mm -hmm. before we do any kind of production, because we've just had so many of these situations where things come up during production uh, through the regular course of having to write a script or cast for a project or, yeah. or apply a creative treatment or, or whatever. Where all of a sudden, these ideas come out that, um, you know, everything just could have been much more streamlined had we gone through the process or had the client themselves independently gone through the process of what is it we're actually trying to do with this. Mm -hmm. Because it essentially went from a customer success specialist recording his or her own um, screen grab onboarding message here's what to expect with me over the next three weeks or mm -hmm. whatever to a ceo driven thank you for for trusting us and being a new client of ours we're here to do this with you and we're about to walk you through what the i mean and there were eight versions that needed to be yes <laughs> created yes and that we found out half of the we found out four of those the morning of the shoot. Yes. And script changes because people everybody there was no leader, there was no primary stakeholder. Okay. Everybody was tossing stuff in at the last minute and it and then we had plans to potentially shoot some other stuff that day because we had time. We thought we had time. <clears throat> and then we didn't get to really take advantage of the day because there was no no real 
solid plan in place. I mean, we're certainly to blame on some of it. Sure. Um, but that's why that's the, cor- the correction we're taking is to impose a strategic process yeah. on our clients. Yeah. Um, do you need to vent a little more? I'm, no, I'm fired up. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell. Um, all right. Shall we move on to number three? Sure. Uh, number three is to compartmentalize messaging. So I think this is one of the early notes that I put in here. Um, and originally we were going to record this a couple weeks ago. So I think what I was thinking was we've talked at length before about speaking to a specific audience Mm -hmm. and having them take a specific action. Um, and also if you go to the manifesto that the video content we create doesn't exist in a bubble, right? It's, it works, all the video content works together along with all the other content you have. So when you plan that out, when you have a strategy behind what each individual is supposed to do as a result of each video, um, you you totally take away the potential to end up making this watered down lowest common denominator one video for everybody mm-hmm. that asks essentially asks no one to do anything because you're trying to cram all of your messaging in there because you get to say, you know what? We don't need to spend more than two sentences on this feature mm-hmm. because we know that after this video, we're doing an entire series on each of the five primary features where we're going to spend 60 to 90 seconds diving into that. Mm-hmm. And because we know we're backfilling with that video content, we don't have to spend anything other than a reference to it mm-hmm. in this video that comes before it in that sequence or or whatever. So this ability to do then in each production and each execution, even if they're in different phases. And so I know you've got a sponsor here <laughs> next, but I think the next point kind of dovetails in with that. So point number four here kind of dovetails nicely into that. Um, so you're saying compartmentalizing messaging. When you when you can think of the entire video roadmap, right? You've got your kind of higher up in the funnel, quick quick hitting, uh, like you you shove maybe the the three features of your product into that one, but it's really short and and just a little taste. Get someone's attention, yeah. Make it intriguing, yep. Because you know that further down the funnel or the sales team or something is then going to then engage them with <clears throat> a deeper dive on each of these features. Yep. Well economies of scale start to come in. You don't have to, you wouldn't go shoot that, the higher level video. And then a couple weeks later, go shoot the other stuff and have basically have the same content. You can use the same actors, the same setup, the same crew, the just adding a little bit of extra time or extra Mm -hmm. dialogue or something to a scene and get, instead of having to pay twice for that shoot, you just are very efficient and able to shoot more out of get more out of that one shoot day different client but current client we are um we we've had our roadmap for six months now and we knew that kind of sprint two or phase two of production after we did some uh testimonial and case study type video content um we knew was going to be that more controlled scripted um uh, there was going to be a homepage video that kind of above the fold mm-hmm. differentiator that this is this is why you should look more into us. 
Um, and then we also have kind of that next level down, like the example that we were talking about of then breaking out their three core services mm -hmm. into more in-depth videos, one for each of those core services. So the homepage hero video, um, that differentiator video does allude to their three primary service lines, mm -hmm. but we know that we're going to have, so we've gotten to a point where we know that that homepage hero video is going to be about 60 seconds. And then, and in that, we need to allude to many things, in, um, including service line A, service line B, and service mm -hmm. line C. But we also know that we're going to have a 90-second video on service line A, a 90-second video on service line B, and a 90-second uh, video on service line C. And so as we started uh, approaching the creative for these, we realized that they really do need to be thematically and creatively and stylistically similar. Mm -hmm. They need to um, create a vision of the company and the brand that is consistent with each point. And I don't want to step on a later point that we're going to make um, too much. But we've now merged that homepage hero individual pro project and the three service line videos individual project into one production mm -hmm. so that we can do exactly what you were just talking about. We can take the one or two shoot days and get four videos worth of stuff than having to keep them broken up. And, and the roadmap said that they were separate mm -hmm. pieces. Of course, we knew that they connected to each other. Yeah. But then as we learn more about the client, as we uh, work with them more and understand what it is they really need better, when we then get to that step, we're also able to be flexible enough. And this is something I don't think we talk about enough is being flexible with a strategy so that you can take what you've learned working with that client or changes to the marketplace or changes to that company. Maybe they've raised... $480 million mm -hmm. recently. Um, uh, what does that change? Um, so it... Apparently timelines. <laughs> apparently. Um, but um, it, it gives us... It, it gives you... Th that flexibility lets you be more effective, more creative, more impactful. Um, but only when you're looking at it as how can we be efficient and economic with scale and mm -hmm. you know take advantage of you know we at the very least we would have had two shoot days one for the homepage hero one for the three service videos probably two um so if we were going to have three shoot days by combining that whole project together knowing that visually stylistically creatively they need to be related we can probably shave an entire shoot day mm -hmm. off of that and as so often happens, the shoot days are the most expensive days. Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of those economies of scale and efficiencies come from. Yep. So and that goes beyond shooting. It goes to just knowing that you, like in the writing room, right? Um, you know yeah. that you've got seven different versions of this video that are going out for different reasons. One, because of a different aspect ratio because it's going on Facebook and you want a one-by-one. Um, so you would shoot it in such a way that you can fit into a one by one aspect ratio Then mm -hmm. one that's 15 seconds as a, uh, promo, you know, a, a pre-roll campaign, uh, but it's all the same content. So when you know these things ahead of time, you can write for it and get a lot more out of your shoot day and, and your edits probably end up spending less on your editor 
Mm -hmm. because if you know that you need that one by one Instagram version and that, you know, all those other versions you were just talking about that I was half listening to, um, you can have your editor. It's more efficient to have your editor edit out those promo pieces, those cut down pieces, whatever they are while they're working on the bulk of the project, then three months later being like, you know, we should really get this out on Instagram and then having to re-engage with that editor, mm -hmm. whether, whether mm -hmm. it's you as a company just hiring a freelance editor or it's you're going to your production company who has to bring an editor back in, it's going to be more efficient mm -hmm. if all of that stuff is laid out beforehand. And by efficient, I mean cost-effective. I mean, the whole episode is about it's, how, yeah, how a strategy can save you money, but like that's how it saves you money is because, sure, you need to sp spend a little bit extra up front to the editor or to the production company to get those additional deliverables, but I guarantee you it's less additional money doing it all at once than three months later asking for this version, mm -hmm. six mm -hmm. months later asking for this version, et cetera. Should we hear from our sponsor? Bring her in. Is she here? She's here. Okay. She's kind of always here. I don't know what that means. I've forgotten <laughs> what. Uh, it's hot in here. <laughs> okay. Post-pandemic social school. People are getting vaccinated. Masks are coming off. Restrictions are being lifted. The world is opening up again, and we're getting back to the way things were. But are you ready to people? The post-pandemic social school is here to reteach you all the social skills you've lost over the last 18 months. We're terrible people and it's all coming back. Post-pandemic social school, stop being such a Is that the punch you were talking that about? That was the punch. Yeah. Yeah. That was the That's one they wrote. <clears throat> yeah. It's not yeah, one I of the mean, ones we, rewrote. We, we, we got to read what we're really given. Really be right? held Yeah. Uh, Contractually obligated. It could be a typo. Nope. That's, yeah. Um, you Maybe. know, I have noticed it, though. Hmm. Just in, in some, of the, uh, some of the traveling I've done recently. Mm -hmm. um, people are worse than they were <laughs> among other people before the pandemic. And I'm hoping it's a short-term thing. Um, but I do see a big uh, opportunity for post-pandemic social school. Uh, yeah. Here in the Is short it online? Term, anyway. uh, you know, it doesn't say. It'd probably be effective if it were in person. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, maybe you ramp up to that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it starts out online so you can kind of weed out the real trolls. Mm -hmm. And then you evolve, then it evolves to in person. I don't know. I don't know. This is one of our entry level um, <laughs> sponsorship spots where we just get the copy for that. Yeah. So uh, we haven't tested this one or anything. All right. So, number five. Uh, number five reasons why or how video I, strategies can I save you money. Have, I may have tipped yeah. my hat to this one a little bit, but I think there's a broader context to this too. Go ahead. Uh, brand consistency. Great. Number six. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, we were just talking before the uh, sponsor spot about uh, economies of scale and maybe stylistic similarities, being efficient, uh, taking multiple concepts and, and realizing which ones need to relate to each other stylistically, whatever. That's a consistency mm -hmm. thing, too. But thanks to so many companies not uh, working on more of a individual video um, 
basis as opposed to having a, a roadmap for what it is they're going to produce over time, they also end up working with multiple producers. Mm -hmm. And when you end up with... And the a lot of these companies don't have anything video specific in their brand guidelines. We've seen some beautifully crafted brand guidelines before mm -hmm. that have nothing about video in them. And so you end up with logo stings, lower thirds, transitions, music. titles, music, um, maybe even just like a cinematography style mm -hmm. that is different from video to video because it's a reflection of one, not having the specific guidelines there, but two, you're letting the producer make a lot of those decisions because you're not saying, you know, because you don't have those guidelines in mm -hmm. place. And so when you're able to plan this stuff out, you can, you can either in being efficient and using your economies of scale, know that these things are done by the same people at the same time. And so they are going to all creatively visually relate mm -hmm. or you can know, well, there's a lot of video in this roadmap and we're not going to be able to use one person or one company to create all this. So we've got to put some standards in place. Mm -hmm. We've got to create some common elements so that when you watch these videos made by different producers next to each other, they don't feel like they were all made for different companies. Yep. I mean, go look at, go look at Coca-Cola's uh, YouTube page or their channel. And then go look up any other like B2B company's YouTube page. You're going to see a difference. Yeah. And that difference, like Coca-Cola has a, uh, an agency of record, I'm sure. And that agency probably uses a, a top tier uh, agent, you know, producers or whatever it is. But there's one person consistently making those decisions, a creative director or whatever from that agency. I, I don't know. I'm not, I've never been a part of the big agency world. But we're, we're also talking about the most recognizable brand in the yeah, yeah. history of the but, entire world. But you know that they've got those video brand guidelines yeah. and you know that they've, that the, all the, the thumbnails are going to have, are going to rhyme and all of the openers are going to rhyme and the, and the music is going to, to have the same uh, sonic branding that, you would come to expect mm -hmm. from a brand. Um, that just triggered something for me. So, so we've opened up a freelance video editor posting recently and been absolutely flooded with applicants. So I've been looking at a lot of, um, a lot of reels mm -hmm. lately and every so often, uh, especially with motion graphics, people, I come across reels where they've put spec work, and not even spec work, just just not contracted mm -hmm. for a brand. But they're using a recognizable brand. They're creating their own piece that is only intended to build out their portfolio mm -hmm. to say, this is what I do. And most of the time, they don't mention that. One thing, I mean, when you think about most websites, they have that trust bar of client logos that is just immediate social proof, right? Mm -hmm. And so... I'm not going to say all of the post-production people or even just production people who put this kind of work on their reels are trying to dupe mm -hmm. 
someone into thinking that they've actually been contracted by mm-hmm. this big brand or whatever before. I think they're doing it so that they can say, well, this is a well-known brand with a well-known look, so I can do... But you can always tell because you know they didn't have the brand guidelines mm-hmm. or they it didn't go through that person at Coca-Cola mm-hmm. or like the stuff that is actually public, you know, produced for public consumption for these big brands. Um, these individual people, as good as their animations or editing may be, it just didn't go through that last level of this is an actual Coca-Cola project. Mm-hmm. I saw one yesterday that was Chipotle. I was like, there's no way Chipotle paid yeah. them for this. And it wasn't bad. Sure. It's just you're watching it and you're like, I've never seen anything like that for Chipotle before. I have to assume that this wasn't a legit project and mm-hmm. they're just using it. And so, you know, if this were a how to hire an editor episode, I'd say just <laughs> note those things. That's fine. You know, picked a recognizable brand to, you know, show off my skills mm-hmm. for something that would feel, but this was not an actual project contracted by Chipotle or whatever. I, think, I think you, you see it a lot with like people coming out of SCAD or something. Yeah. Because they don't have clients. So I got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but but like, yes, even for smaller brands, um, putting those consistency guardrails in place to protect your brand mm-hmm. um, are are very important. And when you, when you even just understand the quantity of stuff that's in your roadmap, you should realize that there needs to be some kind of consistent branded wrapper that all this stuff goes in mm-hmm. to make it feel the same. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Right. We've been looking at, um, for one of our clients, we've been looking at some reference videos, some um, content that, that they really like mm-hmm. um, to understand how they want to represent their brand. And when you really look at a lot of those examples that they've given us, they're very simple mm-hmm. graphic additions. Like it's a simple straight line. And then the way that the text comes in, it feels kind of digital and that's it. And that's enough to make it feel. And then when you take that away, it's just a roll and B roll. Mm-hmm. It's just a talking head with some stock footage, maybe some shot on site footage, but because they just add that simple, like line down the left, and the way that they bring in the lower third, and then they're consistent enough with it, even when there isn't a talking head on screen, that it just it just kind of wraps everything in yeah. a nice bow, and that feels like that's and and they're not you know this reference I'm specifically thinking of the company is called Palantir. Mm-hmm. Um, since they're not a client, we can mention their name, but go check that out. Go look at the Palantir YouTube channel. Their case studies. Their their case studies. Some of their recent product announcements. They did a notional case study which basically means that they're completely making it up this is what someone in this space could do with this technology but because we don't have any actual clients or we don't have any actual clients that we're allowed to talk about this is (laughs) what you might do if you were a military with this i mean that's (laughs) the particular use case but like but if you really look at some of those pieces and you look for those very simple graphic elements when you take those away, it's, it's something that anybody else could have made, but it just makes them Palantir videos mm-hmm. once you put it back. And and just to be clear, it's more than just the branding elements. It's the voice. It's the yes. look. Yes. It's the the sound of it, yep. the length. Um, but yes, consistency. Uh, I don't know that that specifically saves you money in the short term, but in the long term it does because you don't have to go remake this or have this thing redone. 
yep. uh, because it doesn't really flow with you, like, so that's why I was bringing up the YouTube channels because you look at some of them and they're it's just abhorrent it's, it's disgusting looking of all the the crap that's just thrown up there um, but when you've got that roadmap and that bigger strategy you know you're going to have uh, this channel and this channel and this channel or playlist mm-hmm. or whatever and yep. there's going to have um, the thumbnails and whatnot so okay next numero Say six. Uh, align resources, mm-hmm. in-house motion design, etc. I think that's one of yours. Tell me about that. More and more, we're, we're, I'm because I'm having a lot of conversations uh, talking to companies who maybe have a designer on on staff, okay, um, or have a videographer, but know that they they they're just more of like a hey, go fulfill this request, mm-hmm. go do this thing. Um, but but they need people like us to kind of paint the bigger picture so that they can use their videographer more effectively. I look forward to those clients where we can align resources. Maybe they have a great copywriter, but they've never written for the screen. So we have them kind of create some of the key messaging and then we'll adapt it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that saves a lot of time from us having to research some things perhaps. Right. Um, or they've got a designer in house who is really, really qualified and like is great at making iconography for their brand that doesn't mm-hmm. exist. And they can make those assets for us and we can put motion to it. Um, so there's a lot of different creative resources within a company. Uh, another one um, that we just recently had, uh, one of our clients, clients. Um, so we're doing this, for one of our clients, we're doing a series of testimonials and case studies. And one of our clients' clients that we wanted to capture a testimony on case study from is uh, a concert promoter, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. I'm sure they would send me an angry email if they heard that I called them a concert promoter because there's probably so much more to it than that. Um, But they – so they invited us with open arms to one of their uh, first post-COVID concerts. Um, great setup, great visuals, great location. They just, of course, because of the music industry and rights usage and all that kind of stuff like that, we were limited in terms of what kind of performance stuff we could capture. Yep. But we really wanted to talk to our clients' clients about that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to get access to all of the concert footage that was all rights cleared that that was already contracted to do the video work for Mm -hmm. the concert itself. Mm -hmm. So it was the live stuff that's projected up on the screens. They do, you know, recap videos and stuff like that based on Maldives to, you know, promote the next concert, whatever. But because we knew far enough in advance and because we were able to coordinate all the resources and everything, we actually were able to work with a smaller crew to do what we needed to do so that we didn't have to pass those additional costs off to our clients. And we were then just granted access to this additional footage that is going to add a whole layer to both of those pieces that mm-hmm. we that we produce for our clients that isn't something that we would have been able to do on the same budget. Yeah, we, would, we were able to get in and out in yep. a day of shooting yep. and get our A-roll, B-roll. And then there's all of this great-looking footage that we didn't have to... <laughs> We didn't have that. Like our client didn't have to foot the bill for. Yeah, and we're talking about red cameras on cranes and mm-hmm. all kinds of really cool stuff. 
Um, anything else on Align Resources? No. I think the point has been made. Number seven. Number seven. So uh, there's probably a very succinct way to say this, but I don't know it. <laughs> so I'm going to launch into maybe a couple not, different examples. So Yeah, I'm not Captain Succinct. Timeline. Uh, so understanding timeline in campaign planning, right? You may want to launch some new video content uh, in Q4. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's like holiday season or something, and you want to you want to roll out your not just the the video content, but you want to do it in um, in pre roll ads and connect it to print and connect it to whatever. You've got to buy ad space for certain places, mm-hmm. and so if you if you don't have if you don't understand what that bigger picture looks like, you may pay for that ad space and then not have anything ready in time. Or you may not get that ad space that you were looking for, mm-hmm. like the hosting platform set up in time. Or you've been paying for the hosting platform for four months and not using it. There's just knowing the bigger picture and, and the um, the environment in which video lives, not just video itself, but where it's going to be shown, how it's going to be used. Um, having those things planned out gives you the ability to be more specific about when things are delivered, what ex- you know, what expectations mm-hmm. you should have from that. It. It so I don't know the exact numbers, and, and I'm sure a, a retail B to C marketing expert would correct me. But if I think if if you think about like holiday retail spending, that mm-hmm. Q4 push that most companies make their year, right? As I recall, you've basically got to have everything ready to go no later than November first. Because you're going to start advertising like the Black Friday stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, so you've got to be advertising before Thanksgiving. And then you've got that mad rush be- between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, so one, if you're looking at the Christmas spend, automatically you go from December 25th to November whatever, you know, Thanksgiving falls or Black Fla- Friday falls on. Then you've got to back that up. To be able to get again, if you're talking about like a multi-channel campaign, mm-hmm. like magazine ads and all mm-hmm. those kinds of things, we're probably talking about October first that you've got to have that stuff together. Um, that's why I think it's important to to distinguish between strategy and like pre-production because you probably end up preparing for your Christmas rush sales stuff back in August is my guess. July, August is my guess. And you don't have to know exactly what the scripts or storyboards or or even necessarily creative treatment are for that video content that's going to be in your promotional campaign starting on November 10th or whatever. But you have to know that there's going to be something. Mm -hmm. And and if you back that up, especially in a multi-channel campaign to the stuff that has the longest lead time, like magazines, you know, those kinds of things that are months before they actually get delivered, you have to at least understand that that video is a part of that strategy. And you're probably going to make some creative decisions because the due date on some of those other channels deliverables may be earlier. But but you basically that just puts you in like June, July, August where you're planning out what your video content big picture is going to be for your November to December rush. Number eight. Uh, So what I've got written here, if your brand or company is large enough, it doesn't have to be a a large company. um, If 
I think maybe the better way to say that is if your brand or company creates enough content. Yeah. Yep. Um, if your brand or company creates enough content, you might find that one department and another department are both making the same content, mm-hmm. which is just clearly wasting money. Um, we've worked with a very large, well, maybe the university isn't large, but the hospital system is, um, they have very, they have many different schools in this university. Yep. Every school and departments and yeah, not just, yeah. Yeah. Every school has their own video department and the types of content that comes out, it not only looks way off from the other content because one producer is better than the other one or more creative or faster or whatever or older. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. Some, a brand like that should not be <clears throat> so right. inconsistent and so, uh, duplicative. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that works. But yeah, I mean, you'll see a person from customer success making their own video content when marketing had already planned something, but they didn't talk or, and yeah, and I and I think the corollary to this maybe is that when you've got it planned out and structured, you can create other pieces of content that help support it. So maybe you want to create a blog post that only needs to be 250 words long because you're going to embed the video that you're mm-hmm. making in that blog post. Mm-hmm. So you get to put this video on the product page and on YouTube and you share it on social channels and you put it in as part of your regular email marketing, you know, you pick one of your emails and say, this video is going to be in here. But instead of somebody writing a blog about that exact same content and maybe making different points, which I think is what you were talking about, you could also use them to help each other. Mm-hmm. So you could, you could use, you could either say, well, let's put fewer resources and make this a more, high level approach in the video, but really get in depth in the blog post, Mm -hmm. or you could go the other way around. Let's then also, once we're sharing this publicly, make a really short blog post that says, Hey, check out this video. Um, you know, it really dives deep into bullet one, bullet two, bullet three, Mm -hmm. and then video embed. Um, so I think you're right. It, It can save a lot of unnecessary duplicate work, but it can also help focus kind of the promotional content so that you are able to share the same piece of, I mean, what's the produce once publish everywhere kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that's kind of the flip side of this, like beware creating duplicate and potentially conflicting content, but also you've got the leeway and you've got the runway to say for this for this content department, hey, I'm going to need a blog post that helps mm-hmm. support this video. Yep. What's uh, show me the script? <clears throat> I don't have the script yet, but it's going to be about this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so we we do this for ourselves. Um, I'm not revealing any big secrets here, but you and I will have a podcast where Wait, we pontific- pontificate and make shit up as we go along sometimes, um, or you know. Whatever we get our words out, and then we I have our so we have our, we have our writer listen to the 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 podcast and create a seven hundred word blog post based off of it. Yeah. It's truncated, but they could even go create transcripts and just borrow from that if they yeah. wanted to. Yeah, and so if you if you know this ahead of time, that's part of your content strategy. Well, and and what I like about how we do it is that 
we don't have to do it. Is that we don't <laughs> have to do it. Is that we just get to sit here in 81 degree room for an hour and a half every week. What I like about it is how what, what we've actually asked are, and this is just one of our freelance copywriters, mm-hmm. what we've actually asked him to do um, is go back through old mm-hmm. podcast episodes. So it's not even like he gets the rough cut of this episode, writes a blog post so that when we when this you know lands on Apple Podcasts and all of the other places you listen to your podcast, um, that there's a blog post that goes with it. It's that we're actually able to create blog content that is our thoughts, mm-hmm. our expertise um, from stuff that we've talked about in a podcast before. And yet we get to put it out there again a year later or mm-hmm. whatever in this blog post that is, again, written by somebody who doesn't necessarily have their own independent thoughts on this. They're just taking what or we're Or at least saying. we're not asking for those. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I'm also not proofing these. So who knows? Maybe they, maybe they are in there. Um, I don't know what these yahoos are talking about in the podcast episode of the same name, but here's what I think about. Um, and, and so that, yes, that's another way to to kind of you know, again, just build in a plan how to get the most. And I think that's what it all comes back to is the, the real way that a video strategy can save you money is that it helps you identify and plan out for all of these opportunities ahead of time instead of in the moment recognizing these opportunities after you've already missed the point for it to be part of something bigger and all those one-off costs add up. Mm-hmm. whether it's redirecting your internal staff to spend different hours on this kind of thing, well, that's going to add up in how long it takes to get whatever else they're supposed to be working done. Mm-hmm. If it's about going back to your freelancer or production company, every time you go back, it's going to be more expensive than if you just ask them to do it up front. And that's the stuff that adds up. And and I think, you know, and yes, I get being flexible with a strategy. I I, I get that you probably can't plan out effectively more than six months. But even having a six-month sense of what's going to be made makes it so much easier and so much cheaper to do all of these things in a thoughtful, efficient, scalable mm-hmm. way. Let's look at the flip side of this conversation. Where How does a video strategy cost you more money? Yeah. How does a video strategy cost you more money? Well, it costs money to create one. It, because it costs time. It costs other people's time. Right. To go through this process. We would charge a client. We do charge clients to mm-hmm. create these roadmaps. If you're doing it internally, yes. It's time that you, it, there's opportunity costs. Sure. We've, we've created roadmaps that were based on a, a, like a, a very specific initiative, but then we found other opportunities to use video. Right. And they ended up, instead of doing 50 grand, they did 80 grand contract. Mm-hmm. So that, that ends up costing more, but... Perhaps it was, it was 120 worth of video content. Yeah, and it could have been a year later that we found that idea after having already published some of the content, and it wouldn't have cost them 80 to do it all. It would have cost them 50 go-round number one and 50 go-round mm-hmm. number two, and that's $20,000 yeah. that it saved them um, because we were able to identify it you know, as an option early on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do that all the time. We are um, – I mean, not to <laughs> – not to share too many of our pricing secrets, but like we are all about the efficiency 
and the economies of scale. Mm -hmm. We like we operate almost like we don't like being on set. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, it is. I mean, from day one, it has always been about like, well, how can we do this in the least amount of time on set? And then there are probably eight or 10 different reasons that we have that mentality, but we're just trying to be efficient to get as much as we can. I mean, that's kind of like what, why our minimum for certain proposals is uh, we, we have a client right now where we're going to be doing some sales account manager intro videos mm-hmm. or, you know, and, and that they can use them as a video signature or whatever. And we're going to help them express themselves creatively individually. So, so it's really personable. Um, but, uh, instead of doing like all eight of their salespeople, relatively small company, eight person sales staff, um, instead of doing them all in one day, which is what we can do, the client has opted to do one first to see how it works. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But, but our kind of minimum level is one day. So we could do one in a day. Because it costs, you know, X number of dollars to show up. Mm-hmm. We could do one in a day or we could also do eight in a day. Mm-hmm. And there's then like just 10% a little higher cost. Yeah, 10% higher editing. cost for editing. Yeah. But, you know, let's, if, if we've got, if you've got us for 10 hours, let's use the 10 hours mm-hmm. instead of just two or whatever. So why else might somebody not want strategy? I, I got one. I think if you look at, if we go to the two shot here, you've got a planner on one side of the screen and you've got an executor on the other side of the frame. I think most people either, I mean, there's a lot of other factors, but you're either a planner or you're an executor. There mm-hmm. aren't a whole lot of people who are really good at both. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, th- that just means that probably statistically speaking, 50% of marketers are better at executing than mm-hmm. planning. And so it's just not how they're wired. They they see opportunities in the moment and they get stuff done without needing all of that planning. If you self-identify as one of those kind of marketers, it might help if you found someone who was more of a planner, less of a doer to add to your team so that it can balance out and you can have someone in place to say, that's a great idea, but let's just pause for a second. Mm-hmm. Pull back on the leash just a little bit and let's say, what else does this open up in terms of opportunities, economies of scale, if we were to do this? Mm-hmm. And even at that point, even if it's kind of a reactionary thing, at least at that point, say, all right, well, let, let's think about this holistically and, and figure out what else we can do. So I think that's I think that's one of the big reasons that people don't want strategies because half the people out there just aren't strategically minded. Yeah. Even more uh, than a executor, I'm a starter. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't always finish things, but there are people who do. Uh, but I, I want to get started. Yes. Go. And, so, Go. and so the time that it takes to do the planning can be a barrier for people as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to cost money, but it will cost time. Yeah. Uh, and for people like me, that can be frustrating, but you know, learn that it's really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So let's recap. Okay. And then hear from our sponsor. Yes. Um, so how can having a video strategy save you money? Number uh, one, don't make the wrong video. 
That's right. Number two, get ahead of change orders or avoid change orders altogether. Sure. Number three, compartmentalize messaging. Uh, you know, I don't have to go into a deep dive on this because I got this video coming up in three months that we're going to make that does go into a deep dive. Number four. Economies of scale, aligning shooting days for bulk studio hours or crew or actors fees, um, keeping editors booked <laughs> as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to find them when stuff pops up. Yep. Number five. Brand consistency. I think there's cost in not having brand consistency. Well, sure. One of the ways that we charge our clients is to go back in and review everything you've ever made and rebrand it mm-hmm. after creating those mm-hmm. streamlined assets. Yeah. So, I, I mean, not to say that we're cherry picking, but like that's a service that we provide mm-hmm. because it is so prevalent that any company that's made multiple videos, they just aren't consistently branded. Yep. Number six? Align resources between client side and agency side. Okay. Number seven? Um, (laughs) Properly giving yourself enough time to coordinate promotion, distribution, release dates, multi-channel campaigns, et cetera. Yep. There's the concise way to do that. Um, Number eight? Um, Preventing duplicate content. Slash. Slash. Uh, the thing you said. Creating complimentary, complimentary content. content. Um, and why do people not want strategy? Because they haven't listened to 56 episodes of this podcast. All right. Let's hear from our uh, shocking podcast host again. <clears throat> Post-pandemic social school. People are getting vaccinated. Masks are coming off. Restrictions are being lifted. The world is opening up again, and we're getting back to the way things were. But are you ready to people? The post-pandemic social school is here to reteach you all the social skills you've lost over the last 18 months. We're terrible people, and it's all coming back. Post-pandemic social school. Stop being such a Okay, so uh, thank you for watching or listening to... Yes, watching or listening to this episode of the Video Reformation Podcast. Uh, make sure to, you know, like, rate, subscribe, share. Uh, we've been doing more social promotional content lately. I'd love to see some shares, some likes, some comments on some of that stuff. You don't even have to listen to the just please validate what we're doing <laughs> at all of the places where you consume podcasts. Uh, and we will see you next time on the Video Reformation Podcast.